Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Mr. Marshall, what a pleasure to see you yet again. It is a distinguished honor, and here I am in basking in the light, and you're you're in a cave somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just keep coming back to this picture I took of uh, what I believe you referred to as the DTW birth canal, uh, the the <laughs> lovely underground tram system that takes you from one part of the Detroit airport to another, and um, you know, hey, we're all in in uh, some form of lockdown, and I. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really miss Detroit. I, I haven't been there in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that meme that says, uh, I can't wait for that moment when I walk down the aisle and the pilot says, please take your seats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I just need that to come back. There you go. So we've got ourselves the uh, second half of uh, part one where we were talking about why uh you know having a why expressing your why the benefits of a why yeah and so yeah episode 40 for those of you who, who maybe skipped ahead you need to go back and check that out <laughs> um but and even with that uh one of the one of the things that, that i observed in the car business was was if you if you met the chief day-to-day -day guy of a, of a business mm -hmm. and he'd been there for any length of time you'd met the whole store Right. So if yeah. you, you met this good Christian based leader, right? When you met the store, there was a whole bunch of Christian valued people there. Yeah. And yeah. if you met some smooth talking, you know, <laughs> you know, business person, then you met a building full of smooth talkers. And so my theory on this was, and we've I think we've talked about this, was that the that the the why of the leader is a filter. And as people pass through the organization, the people who align with the leader's why, uh, with their values, tend to stick, and the others pass on through. Yeah, well, it's they, because they get it right. They they get your why, and it's it's the phrase you used in our last episode, which is you know they're committed. They're not complying to what you're asking them to do. They're committed to it because they did pass the filter. They do get your why, and they're they're on board. And yeah, and it doesn't have to be like you know, Christian versus shady. It could be something like, uh, you know, one of my, the examples from my stores is um, I've got a store that's really efficient, and the people at that store are efficient. And there's a store down the street that does just as well. But guess what? They value hospitality, and the people are hospitable. So there are different ways to look at this, but it all boils down to that thing that is your why, not the question why, but more like the answer, the motivator. Right, right. What is what is your core belief? Uh, the the things that you hold most dear, that you always strive to live up to. Right. And so, so yeah, the the why becomes, and, and you always see these people in the organizations who don't fit. It's it's like that guy doesn't he doesn't he, you know we you know a why could be we want to be very customer centric, and then you have somebody in the organization who's not. Yeah. And you'll either see them transition and and start to become more customer centric. Or they'll pass through. Right. They'll find an organization where their their why and the organization's why align. Yeah. And so they don't they don't feel comfortable. It just it's just not a good fit. And and the organization knows it, and the person who's who's not a good fit knows it. Yeah. And then yeah. it just takes time for them to, to 
either you encourage them on or they find another opportunity and they move on. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great summary of, of that. And, and the same is true for customers, by the way. That's why this is so important to have baked all the way through to your customers, because some customers get you. Your niche gets you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you value you know, great service and quality work and your customer values the least expensive provider known to man. Right. Right. That customer's not going to be happy with you. You're not going to be happy with that customer. It's just not a relationship that's going to work, uh, you know, and especially over the over a long period of time. So, so finding customers who their why lines up with your why is critical to success. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh... I'm thinking that maybe uh, you may have a corporate example to share. Yeah, I I, uh, I won't bother telling the the negative story, but I had a a bad experience with Apple computers. It's a very sad sad day for me had a Macintosh computer as a, a youngster in 1987. We, we got our first Mac. And uh, so I have a long history with the brand. I, I was a fanboy before you called them fanboys. And I was really disappointed in this thing that happened. And it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's, we don't, we don't need to talk about the, the problem that I had, but it just got me thinking about how Apple has so many stories that really illustrate their why. And I thought of three stories in particular that, uh, just go along with what we were talking about last week that you somehow have to spread the why out. And uh, the best way to do that is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that the stories are, are what's so powerful. Um, our, our friend John Kusava uh, once told us stories are storage, that it's, your, it's mm-hmm. your cultural memory as an organization when you have those stories that you share with each other. And so maybe that's a little bit of the magic here. Stories captivate our imagination. So they, they get at us in a way different from if you had said to me, you know, um, you know, you really need to smile at work because 73% of the people that smile at work have customers who, you know, increase their profits by 15, you know, nobody cares that that data is out of your head, but tell me one little anecdote about, about how a smile made a difference for a customer and I'm in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so I think the stories are where it's at, that that's the vehicle that illustrates the why. And I've got three, three little stories that uh, quickly illustrate three sort of um, takeaways for our, uh, our audience, both of them. Um, or no, we're up to three now, aren't we? You yes, mentioned yeah, yeah, we had another viewer. <laughs> we, that, that's great. That's exciting. <laughs> we're, we're joking, folks. We do have more than two or three, but it's, it's fun to keep saying that. Anyway, the point is three takeaways for our audience based on three stories. That's all I've got. That's cool. So what are those takeaways? All right. So um, let me just start with a a story that most people have probably heard, but Steve Jobs um, at one point uh, was in charge of the team developing the Macintosh. They already had the Apple computer and and now they were coming out with this Macintosh computer. And he had the team, I think it was on a retreat when he originally said it, um, that something to the effect of it's better to be a pirate than join the Navy. And he didn't mean by that, you know, let's, let's steal and pillage. Um, although I think he did do that to Steve Wozniak. He, he unplugged his computer from the wall and carried it over to the Macintosh building and Wozniak going, wait, wait, hold on. And that's, that's how he uh, ended up working with Woz. But um, no, what he's really talking about is we're going to be different. We're going to be, uh, be the, the rebels. We're going to be the ones that are, that are outside of the box. And uh, they ran with that and, in fact, at one point hoisted 
uh, over the, the Macintosh building where that part of Apple uh, was, uh, was headquartered, they hoisted a literal pirate flag with a little Apple eye patch over the eye. Um, so short little story there. Uh, the, the, point of, the point of the story is that, you know, they have never forgotten that. It, that was about thinking different. It, it became their ad campaign eventually. And um, just, just the idea that, you know, what we do here is different. We are outside of, of the norm. And that is an origin story. Mm-hmm. So here's the takeaway is what are your origin stories? Go hoover those up, collect those from within your organization. Think back to what happened in the early days, uh, the, the things that were, were part of your success and start repeating those as you go through the, the uh, you know, life cycle of all of your employees so that this is something baked into them as well. It, it's part of the filter, right? It's part of that why filter to say, let me illustrate for you what we're really about here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you say that. I, I have a, an organization that I deal with and, and you know, they sell cars and, and they, were, they were arguing over if it was their 74th or 75th anniversary in the car business. Yeah. And I said, well, how do you not know? And they said, well, well you know, the great grandfather got the, he got the dealership in 1945, but apparently there was a, a big war that was going on that was ending on that same year. <laughs> <laughs> and and so he didn't get his first new car until 1946. And so wow. they were trying to decide, right? Did, were we were we really in business in 45 or 46? And and they tell that story to illustrate one of their values is we just get things done. Uh, we we are you know obstacles don't stop us. Right. You you, know, you can have a world war. You could not give us you know the thing we sell for a year. We will still keep moving forward. That's what we do, you know. And so this, this origin story, this founder story, has all these cool elements to it. You know, it's World War II, and you you can right. see this young guy. You know, he's planted his flag and he started his business, and now he has nothing to sell for a year. You know, <laughs> That's like, great. You know, I want to help that guy. Right. That's the kind of guy I want to hang out with. Right. The, the, the eternal optimist business. You know? Right. And right. So, yeah, you hear that story and it, and it illustrates. And to this day, they're like that. They find huh. a way to get things done for their team members and for their customers. It, it, and, and, and you can say that, you know, we go the extra mile for our customer. Right. I don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah. 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 What a story. But you tell me your origin story and how you're still working to live up to that. Yeah. Well, find all my stuff there. Last word on this subject of just why the story is so powerful. You could tell me you go the extra mile for your customers, but that's just telling me. I don't believe you. Show me, and I've got some proof. Stories are a chance to show instead of tell. That's the beauty of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, excellent, excellent. What's number two? All right. So, number two. Um, so, uh, the, there's a famous story about uh, what bubbled up out of Steve Jobs when he was in the middle of recruiting Scully, uh, who uh, was CEO of PepsiCo, to come over and, and run Apple. Uh, ultimately, it was not a successful partnership, um, and, and Scully left. But there was a months-long recruitment process wooing him over from Pepsi. And the, apparently, the night that uh, made all the difference, Steve Jobs just all of a sudden looked over at him and said, do you want to sell sugar water the rest of your life or do you want to put a dent in the universe? 
and I'm in, you know, Scully, I'm in, I'm in. And, and that's, um, it goes back to the pirate flag, doesn't it? Because, you know, we're not here to sell things like a normal company. We're different. We're, we're the pirates. We're the ones that are going to dent this whole universe that we're in. So what happened there? There's a story that just bubbled up in the middle of uh, the CEO, uh, Steve Jobs, the founder's actions. So point number two is just be very conscious that what you say and what you do as a leader might just get taken as a story. It might just get taken and ran with. And maybe you could intentionally go about making that happen by uh, repetition. I know you're a big fan of isms, Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I was talking to a store owner today and, and we were talking and he'd, he'd sent out a pretty lengthy memo and he was certain no one had read it. Uh, you know, and they, and they had to sign it and it was a two page. So all the words were on one page and he had to sign on the second page. And he's pretty sure they pulled the, you know, they pulled the first page off, shredded it, signed the last page, turned it in just like he asked, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and my first thought was, was it would have been a lot better had he, had he just made a meme. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, a picture with six, six words max, uh, you know, explaining the new policy and then had him sign it. You know, it would have been a much more effective. And, and there is a, a verbal way to do that. And, and it appears in the stores as isms. Yeah. And so whatever your first name is, and then ism. So Mike isms, right? And so when you're talking to great leaders, they seem to have these isms. You know, I've got a, I've got a, a, a guy who runs a quick lane. And his, one of his isms is, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. <laughs> Right? So if you have time to lean on something, you have time to clean on something. I love that. And he says it often enough yeah. that it's now part of the lexicon. It's, of and, course. And, and one of his values, one of his whys is that he wants an incredibly clean shop. He wants, the, he wants the employees to take pride in it. And he wants the customers when they see it to feel confident that, man, you know, these guys, you know, they keep this place spotless. I know my, you know, I, my vehicle will be spotless when it's returned. That's so clever. That, yeah, it's wonderful. You know, one of the most common ones we hear in our businesses from the from the ownership or the chief decision maker is, if it gets to me, it's free. Yep. And so, and what they're saying is, if the customer, if the upset customer gets to me, I'm giving them everything they ask for. Oh, and I'm charging it to your department. <laughs> So, so, and the, the, the why, the why is the belief that, that, that I've hired wonderful people and you should be able to solve these problems before they get to me. And I've empowered you to solve this problem because you know, if it gets to me, I'm giving everything away. So you might as well give everything away before it gets to me or find right. a, even, you know, a, a smarter way to solve this, this upset customer, this, this situation. And, and you sum that all up. If, if it gets to me, it's free, right? And that, that's a, an example of, a, of an ism. All three of your isms rhymed. Did you notice that? Yeah, that that's is uh, yeah, that is pretty amazing, right? So um, if you, you know, you know I, I was just talk, literally talking to a manager a while ago, and his mantra is, he's been doing this for 40 years, he says, come to work to work. And so one of his values is his why is, is that he truly to his core being believes activity will make you successful. Mm. Just come to work to work. Yep. And he's got, you know, many explanations of that and there's different things you can do. 
but he summed it up in this ism and all his guys know that what's what what is the expectation here what is this guy value what is his why and it's like if you come to work you need to work and, and you know it's 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 it goes back to the Steve Jobs example that you shared. You know, yeah. I'd rather be a pirate than join the Navy. Right. That it's a schism that sums it up. So, so if your people that you're on your team can't repeat your isms, you haven't shared your why often enough and in such a way that it's stuck. That yeah. the, the story yeah. and the ism hasn't stuck, and therefore it's still a little murky. There's a, another Steve Jobsism, which is A players want to work with A players, and uh, think about the, you know, the the it's said many many times in the authorized biography that uh, came out as he was dying of cancer, and it, you know it, it's just it's funny because that's a respectful statement to make, right? Like that makes you want to be an Apple employee. It's another reason to come on board the pirate ship, uh, but it also reflected how their genius worked because they did get all these a players in a room that riffed off each other and came up with stuff that you know just tore the doors off several different industries over the course of a couple decades so another thing i want to say about that though is um, sometimes it's the actions and not just the words this literally happened to a business professor that i had in grad school he uh, moved to kentucky I i think it was when he moved to kentucky from somewhere out west and they didn't have walmart there and he's a business professor, right? So he shows up at a Walmart. He's, you know, always wanted to see what it's like at Walmart. You know, this this behemoth that had, you know, taken over so many uh, different regions and so many different product segments. And well, by golly, there's Sam Walton at the Walmart. He's there on a tour, and he's uh, leading. You know, they, Walmart does their morning cheer uh, by by team, something like that. And there's Sam Walton participating in the cheer. And this business professor says. You know, Mr. Walden, what you know, what an honor! I I visit your store for the first time, and and here you are, you know, to welcome me. And Sam Walton did not miss a beat; just immediately said, "Now, why haven't you visited us before?" And so, you know, even in the moment, he's having this uh, product research: how can we grab more market share? And and that's what his company really uh, did for so long, right? That was a part of their why was we're going to attack all these different uh, uh, product segments and opportunities for market share and that's how they got so big it was part of the why so um his actions spelled that out oh anyway. yeah yeah no no you're exactly right i uh you know i've got an organization i work with and their mantra is you know we treat you you know we treat our community and our customers and our team members like family and one of the stories i've, I've heard it dozens of times over the years i've worked with them from different people and they tell the story of the employee who was he was at the store. He didn't know it at the time, but he was having a heart attack. And the store owner saw him and saw him, you know, he didn't look right and, and said, you know, you need to go to the doctor. And the guy's like, ah, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go on my day off. And, and the store owner put the guy in his car, drove him to the hospital. Doctors confirmed that, yeah, he was having a heart attack and, the, and, saved, the, and saved the guy's life, saved the wow. team member's life. They tell that story over and over again. Wow. So you got this meat, you know, thing that says we treat you like family and then we do it yeah and here's this <laughs> illustration where this the, the guy who owned the business stopped what he was doing and 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 saved this person's life just like he was a member of his family wow wow you know and, well and so, so guess what everybody's going to remember that story from this podcast they never may not remember our three points but they're going to remember the story about the store owner who took his employee to the hospital yeah 
It's perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's so powerful. And 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 if you believe in that, if you believe that you should take care of people beyond just just the work environment, that is a place that you would be drawn towards. That you would yeah, towards. right. I want to hang out there. I want to be with these people. Yeah, I want to buy uh, whatever they sell. Mm-hmm. You definitely, know? definitely. That's great. So, is there a third one? Yeah. The, so the third one is actually a story that I was a part of. Um, I was at an Apple store uh, buying something, and uh, all of a sudden I hear some cheering, and the employee who is helping me literally turns his back on me and begins to just clap and whistle. And then I realize every employee in the organization is doing it. And slowly there is a team member working his way to the front door of this store uh, for the last time, it turns out. So he was getting clapped out. They were, they were giving him a clap out and hugs and tears. And, and literally, I mean, nobody, no customer was helped in those moments. Everybody was just captivated watching this employee leave for the last time. And it was over. And he turned back around. And he said, "I'm so sorry, but th- this is something we do. It's one of our rituals. We we clap people in and we clap them out. So when when you join the team, in other words, um, when you become a pirate, we're going to cheer and and uh, you know support you and and uh, bring you into the fold of uh, one of these people that makes a difference. And then we're going to clap you out because you know band of brothers and all that." And uh, he, he did make a point of saying uh, the clap outs are always shorter than the clap ins because we all get a little teary eyed. So now I love Apple even more, right? In the moment, it's like, well, they, they love their people. They take care of their people. All the things we've been talking about, it was just illustrated in that moment. That's different. I've not seen that done at an organization where they say, excuse me, Mr. Customer, that employee is really important to us and we're going to say goodbye. But yet another illustration of how Apple is different and Apple wants to be the pirate, or at least did. Well, and you bring up a good point. I didn't think about it until you were sharing point three, which is which is rituals that reconfirm. So you got you got right. isms, stories, and rituals. Right. Uh, so so yeah, you've got these the, these things that we do that reinforce our why. And yeah. so the, the same organization that that says we treat everybody like family always has a Christmas party. And at the Christmas party, there's prizes and they everybody yep. gets something and it's, it's this wonderful get together, like a family get together. <sighs> Pandemic, COVID, no party. And so so the, you know, I asked the, the owners, I said, what are you going to do? And they said, well, here's what, here's our, our plan. So they, they took the amount of money that they were going to spend on the Christmas party typically, and they divided it up and they, they cut everybody a check. They bought them this really cool Yeti tumbler with the you know the organization's name on it and then the store owner and each department manager hand wrote a note to the employee thanking them for you know getting it through this this incredibly difficult year and this this you know this strange pandemic thing and 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 stepping up and so they they and then they handed them out each one personally so they went to each person and said hey here's here's your cup. And then inside of it was a check and inside of it was a note from their manager and from the, the person who owned the business. How cool. And, 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 you know, it's like, okay, we have this ritual that we do every year. Now this ritual has been disrupted. How do we stay true to our why? 
right. and, and still communicate this to folks right. uh, that are in our employee. So they figured it out and it was, it was absolutely amazing. Well, that, that's, you, you said uh, rituals, and I think that's really where we're going with this point three is somehow you've got to intentionally spread your why, and it's great to have it in a storytelling moment, right? The, the ritual of clapping in and clapping out, the ritual of having that party, um, even, even when we can't do the ritual, we've got a new ritual that gets talked about just as much. It's storytelling, uh, just the fact that it was so different and so special. I, I love hearing stuff like this because these stories are really what people remember. Oh, definitely. Well, and think about if, if, if I work for one organization and I'm talking to my friend at another organization and he laments, yeah, they canceled the Christmas party this year. Right. And then this guy can tell the story of, yeah, they canceled ours, but here's what our owners did. Yep. You know, and they've got this wonderful story to share. And then it also comes up in the orientation after the orientation. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you know, we have this wonderful orientation presentation. Here's our vision, our mission, our values, our why. And this is, you know, this is all this stuff. And this is how you park and all this. And then we get done and we send them out with the regular folks, you know, that, that they're going to be working with. And then the person who's newly hired goes, all right, so what's it really like around here? Right. Right. I got the right. corporate, you know, jargon. I got the, the PR, the propaganda. Yeah. And so what's going to happen is the team member, the veteran team member is going to tell a couple of stories that illustrate the values, the why uh, that, that are truly present in the organization. So, yeah. so one of the things you, that you want to know is what stories are getting retold that illustrate who you are. And if they're not telling the stories you want, maybe that's your opportunity to figure out, am I, are we truly living our why? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, if, if the point of this whole thing is to get commitment from your employees and, and therefore commitment loyalty from your customers, then um, the more intentional you get about this, the better, right? So, so the three takeaways today were really all about getting more intentional about having that why lived out, illustrated in your, in your stories and, and as you pointed out, in your, in your sayings, in your isms, in your, in your rituals, in those, uh, those culture touch points uh, that you have set up in your store. Brilliant. I like this. We should share this with the world. I, you know what? Um, thanks to the magic of Apple uh, podcasts and several other uh, services, we're going to do just that. Awesome. Well, yeah. let's, hear, let's hear what our announcer has to say about all our awesomeness. And there you have it. Another session of contemporaneous extemporizing from Mark and Mike. I know it's redundant, but consider who we're talking about. As always, feel free to share the ideas you heard here. No rights are reserved, no permissions needed. Thanks. See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.